I see that we are live and in living color. The across we are live. Cast. We are back and uh, getting getting fall more every day. Uh, it's a little cold here in the Rockies today, but uh, all good. And uh, as usual, uh, I'm Wayne. And I'm Steve. All right. So, uh, my friend, uh, before we get into our topic for tonight, I had a couple of go-backs uh, for some stuff we talked about during the last podcast. And uh, there was one, one, and one interesting thing that took place this week, which was extremely historic, uh, was the first female spacewalk. And what a lot of people wasn't was what wasn't reported in the news about this historic event was the fact that the capsule commander who makes, you know, who talks to the crew when they're in space from Houston uh, command control, mission control, the person who was the capsule commander was a black female astronaut. Is that right? Yeah, black female astronaut. Uh, she, her name is Stephanie Wilson. She was uh, became an astronaut in 1996. She has flown on three shuttle missions, and those missions were designed to go up and do work on the International Space Station. But she was the capsule commander, and she is the second was the second black woman in space after Mae Jemison, who is, you know, first black female astronaut. So I think that is important. It's historic. You know, the two astronauts themselves, female, who did the spacewalk outside the ISS. Uh, yes, that is historic. But what the news didn't cover was, who was that voice at Mission Control? It was a black female astronaut who has happened to be the second uh, black female astronaut after uh, Mae Jemison. So I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, oh, just, nice, nice, it, nice. It, it, I found that out, and I'm like, wow, nobody's said anything about this. You so know the, the unique thing wasn't that it wasn't the first female astronaut to go out, but it was the first time that both astronauts that were out working on the International Space Station were female, and they were controlled by a female down at NASA. Right, right. At, as you had Mission Control, the voice control. Control was another astronaut who happened to be black, <laughs> and she was the first uh, capsule commander, the CAPCOM, as, as that title is called. So I thought that was real cool, uh, real interesting. So, Well, my props to Stephanie Wilson. Yeah, Stephanie Wilson is her name. So uh, 1996 uh, astronaut, she became an astronaut in 96, and she's been on three shuttle missions to the International Space Station. So, again, much props, much love to Stephanie Wilson. The other thing I wanted to throw out, and this was something I, I heard this week, and I'd like to get your take on this because I think it is quite re relevant to what's going on, and this is back to the NBA in China. We talked about this a bit last week. And what you have here, and I, I want to I wanna contrast one thing against another. So the NBA, for their part, the commissioner, he has respected the fact that the players and the people who make up the NBA organization, they're U.S. citizens. They have freedom of speech. Daryl Morey made a comment about he stands with Hong Kong. LeBron James, whether you think it's good or bad, LeBron said Mr. Morey was informed. Uh, his comments you know, are hurting uh, people, and maybe he should have thought a bit more before he made his comments. Again, the commissioner 
Adam Silver did not say, hey, LeBron should be speaking out, blah, blah, blah. He didn't sanction Mr. Moore for speaking out. Why? Because U.S. citizens, we are guaranteed freedom of speech by the Constitution. Contrast that to the NFL. Colin Kaepernick, he's a U.S. citizen. Freedom of speech guaranteed by the Constitution. He makes an expression of his freedom to express himself under the Constitution, and the NFL does not back him. Rather, he is blackballed from the league because he did exercise his freedom of speech. So I I think it's very uh, interesting to look at how the two leagues stand up and support the people who make up their organization, because it's clear from these two examples, the NFL does not feel the same way about its players and the people that make up the NFL as does the NBA. So what's your take on that? Oh, we, I think we kind of mentioned this a little bit last week. And, yeah, the fact is is that the NBA gives lots of liberties to their athletes. The WNBA, lots of liberties to their athletes. Major League Baseball, lots of liberties to their athletes. The NFL, however, is just the opposite. They are so controlling that they will not allow athletes to make a stand like that. And, of course, the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue had to stick his friggin' nose in something, and uh, that blew things up. And then um, most of the people that are um, supporters of the NFL – uh, they aren't like you and me. True. They they are you know mostly Caucasian, mostly white folks. Okay, and when you think of these NFL cities, most of them are in areas that support the occupant at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. So, um, the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. Uh, decided that he's not going to allow, um, you know, athletes to protest, use their First Amendment rights because it's hurting their bottom line. It's money. Okay, follow the money. And so uh, people are were upset that it's uh, it is against the army, against the military. He's Colin Kaepernick. He's standing against the military. He's standing against the flag and so on. And like everything else, when the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue start running off at the lips saying that, you know, this is, you know, against the American troops and against the American flag and, you know, all that kind of stuff, then what ends up happening is that the people that are paying into the NFL, they're going to jump on the bandwagon as well. So they're going to negate the the positive influence that 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 Kaepernick is making by taking a knee and 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 um, using his First Amendment rights of free speech. Right. Uh, and and by doing so, also you know, as you mentioned, he has been blackballed. He's a hell, he is a hell of a lot better quarterback than anybody else uh, that are backup quarterbacks. 
However, the 32 owners of the NFL don't want to see them losing their revenue because people are going to protest if Kaepernick comes back to the NFL and and plays. You know, they're going to lose their season tickets or they're going to burn their season tickets and so on. Well, I look at it this way. If if people are going to give up their season tickets, somebody else is going to buy their season tickets. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so, somebody, I mean, just think of the people at Green Bay. The, the citizens of Green Bay own the Packers. Right. And when someone dies, they will their their tickets to somebody else in the family. So it's very difficult to get Packer tickets. So the people that are going to uh, protest and turn their tickets in and not buy them, somebody else is going to buy them. You know, somebody else is going to go to those games. And so it's total opposite. You know, the NBA in the NBA, in the uh, MLB, the players have the power. In the NFL, the commissioner and the owners have the power. And so, you know, if you want to keep those guys in their place, then they can do that. You know, and, you know, the NBA, if, if somebody says, hey, I don't want to be on this team, I'm leaving, they take off and leave, trade me. Right, right. While the NFL, they don't, they allow them to do that. So, yeah, the uh, the uh, NBA and, you know, this issue with, with China yeah. and the idea of them losing revenue, well, I, I uh, it, it's, it's going to cost some revenue loss, but it's not going to be that difficult. It's not going to be that uh, big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, you may lose a shoe contract. Well, guess what? You'll get a shoe contract from somebody else. Somebody else is going to buy your shoes. Right. You right. know, so if yeah. some of these players weren't so greedy, then they would stand by the people of China or the people of Hong Kong and so on. Right, right. Yeah, I just I just thought it was a, a you know, uh, an interesting dichotomy that one league, hey, we got your back. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. You have a right to express yourself. That right is guaranteed of the Constitution, where one league, they go through all odds to, you know, to make sure that people cannot express themselves. And like you said, they're afraid of the bottom line of what it's going to do to that money coming in to the, all those owners. So I heard today uh, Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he dislocated his kneecap against the Broncos here on Thursday night. And so the backup quarterback didn't play all of last year. The guy is 35 years old or something like that. And they're thinking about, okay, who can the Chiefs go out and bring in and And bring in and bring in. And I'm looking at some of the names they're talking about. And it's like, why don't you give Kaepernick a shot? His name's not even mentioned in the article. So right there, it tells you that the league has purposely, purposely, purposely set out to keep this guy from playing again in the league. And to me, it's appalling that, uh, you know, you're that, you're that, um, you know, your your thoughts are so screwed up as to, you know, see that all this guy was doing was expressing himself under the First Amendment. And uh, you've let other people hijack the situation and turn it into something that it's not. So, yeah, it's, it's the owners more than the league, you know, yeah, it's, it's the, the owners. owners. Yeah, it's I mean, the, I, gu- I guarantee you that if 
Cap was uh, going to come to any Indiana and do a tryout, there would be pitchforks. It'd be like Frankenstein oh, yeah. showed up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, especially yeah. especially here in good old Indiana. Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. They yes. would they would have a fit. Yeah. And I, I thought I thought the team that would actually give him a shot was the were the Seahawks. Uh, he did a tryout or did a workout with the Seahawks, and I thought for sure if anybody, yeah, him in, it would have been Pete Carroll. But it's like they gave some flimsy excuse as to why they couldn't bring Kaepernick on, and I'm like, you know what? I, I've lost so much respect for you, man. I, you know, I love the Seahawks. Uh, but I lost a lot of respect for the organization. It's like you can't even, you know, you're supposed to be so open and willing to embrace different ideas from people, but yet you're afraid to bring this guy on because he's going to hurt your your fan base, which is yeah. both, you know. So um, last thing I want to mention before we get into the topic of the night is, I don't know if you heard this past week, uh, but some uh, the man who some people call the GOAT, as far as the NBA goes, the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan opened two medical clinics down in Charlotte. I don't know if you heard about that. I heard that, yes. Michael Jordan opened two medical clinics, and those clinics are designed to help people with little or no insurance to get medical coverage. I thought that was and an awesome thing to do. We put about $7 million into those clinics. So I thought that was really cool for him to do that. I know people have been hating on Jordan for years saying that he didn't use his platform uh, to help, you know, the community and speak out against things. Uh, but you talk to people who know him or people who, who know him, they have spoken out to say, Hey, just because you don't see this guy doing anything doesn't mean he isn't investing in things about the community is not helping people. So uh, I, I, I applaud him for opening up those clinics and doing it. I think that was a very awesome thing to do. Yeah, yep, I, I agree. I agree because he has been kind of silent Michael. <laughs> the only thing you see is somebody using his meme is crying right. <laughs> on, on somebody else's body, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody trips and falls and right. Michael Michael's face crying. <laughs> yeah, the crying meme on there. Yeah. Yeah, the crying meme. So yeah, yeah that's that's an awesome thing. Yeah, awesome. And um yeah, that's that's you know gonna bring some positive light to him. And you know, maybe maybe as he gets a little older or something, he'll he'll step out. Well, uh, get out get out of his com- comfort box, you know. Well, I think now he is doing a lot of things. He he made a huge donation to the African American Museum in D.C. Uh, I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware of that, but he donated a significant amount of money uh, to the museum in in mm-hmm. D.C. So he's been doing a lot of things behind the scenes. I think some people just don't want you know to 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 if if, if tooting the horn is the right word. I think they want to do things and like you know the people. Who I'm helping, they know I help them, but maybe I don't have to have it publicized all the time. And maybe right. that's what's going on here. But uh, I, I applaud this effort, and it's great. It's going to really benefit the community of Charlotte because there are a lot of people that um, you know we know have no insurance or they don't have adequate medical coverage, and this will allow them to get the um, the medical coverage that they need. So big yeah. up to Michael. Big ups to Michael. Yes, sir. So, that said, my friend, the topic for tonight, tell us a bit about it. Well, we're going to be out <laughs> traveling a little bit. So I think that we were going to mention the idea that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about growing up in small town America and how Halloween was. 
right. You know, right. what were some of the traditions that we did on our sides of the track? You know, some of the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's me talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, what, was, what were things like growing up? in uh, Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and uh, what Hallow- Halloween was all about, and trick-or-treat, and all, all the things that, that are related uh, to that. Right, right, yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, I, I Looking back as a kid, man, I think there were two, two um, if you want to call them holidays, and I think there were two holidays that you looked forward to as a kid. And one of them was Christmas, of course, you know, because Santa Claus and everything. But the other one, I think, was Halloween because you got to eat candy and yeah, a bunch of junk. That, that, that yeah, I got to eat a lot of junk, and I think that that really meant a lot. So, uh, you know, growing up in in, in E Town, man, around Halloween uh, on our side of the tracks there in the bottom, I have to, you know, and, and I racked my brain all week uh, to to remember a lot of stuff, man. But back in the day. You know, there there weren't a lot of fancy costumes and stuff like kids are <laughs> no. out dressing, you know, they got all these elaborate costumes and everything. I remember my mom, man, would uh go down to JJ Newberry's and you get a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was you it. Get a mask, right? You get a mask of something, you know, some care whatever. It had the rubber band you put over your head and the rubber band in the back. And that was your costume, man. And, uh, you know, you'd walk around with your mask on, and sometimes that mask would get hot. You're sweating in the air. You'd have to, you know? yeah. <laughs> you, have to you couldn't see out of it. Right, you couldn't see out of it sometimes. And uh, but that that was our costume, man. Go to, go to and you had to get down there quick, man, because if, if you didn't get to JJ Newberry's quick enough, man, all the good mask would be gone. You right, know. and the other place that you could get masks was at Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin, yes, <laughs> the yeah, five ben, and dime store. Yeah, Ben Franklin and JJ Newberry's. So you had you had to get down there, man. Get your mask, or your mom would go down and get your mask. She asked, "Well, what, what kind of mask you want?" I mean, it's like there weren't a whole lot of choices to choose from. Oh, but uh, and heaven forbid if you didn't get a mask. Then uh, sometimes you put a uh, a pillowcase over your head with some with some eyes cut out of it, you know, something like that. But that that was one of the first things I remember about trick or treat, and uh, it used to come out in the uh, before there was the News Enterprise. I'm trying. What was the paper before it was the News Enterprise? There was the uh, the Hardin County something, and there was another paper. I don't. I I just remember the News Enterprise. Yeah, back in the day, we were kids, man. They're, they're, they yeah. had newspapers, right? And so it would come out in the newspaper that hey, trick or treat was between these hours, right? Right. And start like at five thirty or something like that, right when it's about to get dark, and you had to be off the streets by like nine. Yeah, you know? eight thirty, nine o'clock, something like that. Nine o'clock, right? And so. We we couldn't wait, man. Five thirty, boom, off we go. <laughs> yeah, off we go, and we would hit all the houses, you know, around the bottom. We go up the hill a little bit there, uh, down the bottom, the hill that ran up beside where Curtis and and Mark lived. There was a yeah. hill up there. He went up the hill up that way. Trick or treat up that way. The Wheatleys lived up there. Right. And- Robert Earl Green lived up there, and a few other folks lived up there in the alley. Mr. George Lewis lived up there. He gave out good candy. Uh, and then there was this house, 
Everybody was afraid to go by this house. <laughs> There's everybody, always one. <laughs> everybody was afraid to go by this house. And the occupant of the house was this guy named Robert Hellum. I don't know if you remember him, right? Do you remember Robert Hellum? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I sure <laughs> yeah. do. Everybody thought his house was like haunted. Haunted. <laughs> you know? And everybody was afraid to go by his house. But uh, Mr. George Tom Lewis, man, he gave out good candy. Uh, but what I remember, the person who who everybody had to get to her house, man, was Miss Henrietta Mormon. And she gave out these um, popcorn balls, man. Yeah. She gave out these popcorn balls. And, man, they were awesome. They were awesome, man. And, every, and back then, man, every, everybody was cool, man, to, to the kids. You didn't have to worry about somebody, you know, sticking something in your bag that would harm you or whatnot. It was just good, clean fun, man, all throughout the bottom. We, we would just hit all the bottom. At, at that time, when I was, you know, we were starting out trick or treat, we weren't allowed to go across the tracks into your area. Uh, yeah, we didn't start doing that until we got a little older. We're going to hit on that here in a bit. But uh, those are some of the fondest memories I have. Um, you know, just getting ready for trick-or-treat, going out, going to the people's houses. Even though people knew who you were, whether you had that mask on or not, they knew who you were. Because mm-hmm. You had on the mask, but then you had on your regular clothes. clothes. <laughs> yeah. You had on I mean, your regular the, the choices that you had was like a Frankenstein mask, right. a mummy, a Daffy right. Duck, a Bugs right. Bunny, <laughs> you know, a Popeye. You had a, right. there's a Popeye mask I remember, uh, yeah. Casper. Uh, there was a Casper. Where, yeah, yeah those type masks. Yeah, those kind of masks, you know. Right, so right. You put your mask on, and sometimes you got an actual trick-or-treat bag. It was an actual bag, you know. But uh, I think one time we, we had the plastic uh, pumpkins, you know, the plastic jack o yeah. You had those. Right, or, right. Which came to shove, your mama gave you a pillowcase, man. You <laughs> a pillowcase. And, well, we would go up to Good and Handy and get paper bags and just take yeah, the bags paper, along. Paper bags paper bags but it was good clean fun man and uh those are some of the things i remember and then you come home man you dump your candy out on the floor on the table or whatnot and uh you you know you eat as much as your mama would allow you to eat you know (laughs) because she knew good well like you're gonna be sick as a dog probably the next day so your candy got rationed a little bit of what you eat you eat a little bit and then you had candy for the rest of the year for the most part till christmas came around you know yeah so uh those are some of my memories man how about you on the other side of the track yeah as the at a young age you know it was the same thing you know we'd get a mask put a mask on and then um i remember our parents taking us up and down the streets when we were really young and we would go up mile street uh to the cleaver's house we do mallory street we do harden street uh, a couple uh, streets over we do cleaver street and then that was about it uh oh we'd do uh down by the welch's house like crutcher lane yeah yeah and Jefferson Street, they would take us there. But, you know, our parents, my parents didn't want to get me out too long because I was a little kid. However, as we got a little bit older, when they let us um, start venturing out on our own, then we would we would take off and we would go places. You know, um, we were always afraid that the older kids, the high school kids were going to snatch our bags. <laughs> that was something that was going on that, you know, uh 
and, and we trigger treated until probably I think it the cutoff was when you became a teenager. When you came like twelve right. or thirteen, yeah, 13 there was no more okay. there was no more trigger treating. <laughs> and you know what? People adhered to that, man. Yeah, people, yeah. People didn't break the rules. <laughs> no, man. And, and it's weird that, you know, when our kids were going up, Alex and Stephanie was going up, we would take them, you know, up and down our neighborhood and stuff like that. You know, same same concept. Right, right. You know, um, and then as they got a little older, they would take off and go. However, when, you know, most of the time Lynn gave out the candy and Lynn gives out the candy, and I would always kind of, you know, be in the background, you know, I'd give it out if I'd had to, but I never gave candy to, um, teenagers. Nope. If you're over, if you are a teenager, 13, it kind of reminds me of growing up in E-Town, you know, when you became 13, getting candy, we were done. Right, right. You know, you didn't do that. You'd go out and do other stuff, but you wouldn't go out trick or treating from door to door. Right. And so, you know, as I became probably 12, probably 11, 10, 11, we start venturing out further than Miles Street and Jefferson Street and just a little neighborhood out there. We would go out to uh, the Highlands, you know, and that was, you know, from from Mallory Street to the Highlands was, you know, that was probably a mile, mile and a half away. And we would go all the way to Indian Hills. You know, we would work out, we'd go all the way out to Deeks Avenue, Deeks Street. You know, we'd go out to Helmwood Heights. So we were all over the west side of E-Town. And we would come back with two or three grocery bags full of candy. (laughs) There was a lady that was over on, oh, I can't think of the, I can't think of the street. I think it was, um... I want to say like Sunrise Lane, way out in the Highland, and she always gave out the the um, popcorn balls also. Yeah, okay. okay. Or if she if you, she ran out of popcorn bags, she'd give you a slice of cake. <laughs> I kid you not. She would give you a slice of cake. I mean, she had three or four cakes out there that she would slice up and give you a slice of cake. Now, guess what we did immediately? Ate the cake. We ate the cake. Because <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't you try cake in a, in a, in a bag. Right. <laughs> so we would sit down and eat the cake. We would go so far away that we would have to take a break. And eat candy, rest, okay, and then continue on. (laughs) So, you know, we would go, all like I said, all the way out to the Highlands, the Indian Hills. We'd go out to Hamlet Heights. We'd go out to Deeks Drive. We'd go all over Morningside Drive. We would go just about everywhere with, with, with getting candy, you know, for, so that was an awesome thing. Now. As we got a little bit older than that, once we stopped trick-or-treating, once you got to the age of 13, then it was time to go out and have some fun, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's just, and, and I, I admit, and I say it all the time, I was mischievous growing up. You know, there weren't too many things I w- wouldn't dare to do that I wouldn't do it, but that was just me growing up, so... 
uh, we would just go out and not terrorize, but we would cause mischief. You know, we would take, you know, Mr. Crutcher always had a guard. And about this time, you know, he always had tomatoes and the tomatoes were, you know, he probably gotten tired of the tomatoes, but we'd go take the tomatoes and we would throw the tomatoes at cars and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and the secret to throwing tomatoes and stuff like that is that you got in a place where traffic was running pretty quick so they couldn't stop, so they couldn't chase you down. <laughs> and so we would go over to Mulberry Street. You know, the traffic on Mulberry Street is always moving pretty quick. Yeah. And so if we were going to do something like that, we, we would go over to Mulberry Street and walk up the sidewalk towards the, uh, you know, Duke Sporting Goods, the Marathon Station, and so on, the Beach Street. And then we would tattoo the cars with tomatoes because they couldn't stop because usually there was a car right behind them. Right, right. And so we would take off and run through the backyards and stuff like that, you know. It was just just having kid fun. Um, one of the, I think my maybe our junior or senior year, there's a bunch of us. Now, this this story you may have heard about or may not have heard about, but um, myself and probably seven or eight other guys, we may have juniors or seniors, we went into Good and Handy and got 33 dozen eggs. <laughs> 33 dozen? 33 dozen eggs. And we went all over E-Town just, just, now people don't do this, but we went all over E-Town uh, just hitting people with eggs and stuff like that. And we, we, teachers that we didn't like we egged their house and egged their cars and we went we went from our side of the track all the way over to your side of the tracks man <laughs> with, with those eggs we went down main street mantle and here's the, the funniest thing that happened is that we ended up going up on the hill and we, we still had eggs and so the cops were out to get us. You know, the Elizabethtown police were out to get us. And so they were trying to figure out where we were. And we ended up up on the hill and going through the uh, graveyard, you know, the, um, the white side of the graveyard, you know, on the hill. You know where Morgan's Raiders yeah, took yeah. place, you know, where they shot the cannons into E-Town, yeah, cannonballs yeah. and so on. So the, the cops were chasing us all over E-Town. They, they never did get us. Well, we were starting to run out of eggs, man. And so, oh, I can't think of the guy. Was it there Mark Falkhauser? Yeah. That was, a, was, that was a cop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we got a, all the way up to the hill. On the way back from the hills, back across the tracks, Mark Falkhauser was in his police car coming through the coming through the cemetery. And we we started egging the police car. <laughs> we ran out of eggs and then we um start throwing dirt clods at him because there was somebody's gonna be buried the next day. <laughs> so we ran out of eggs and we start throwing dirt 
clogs at the cop car. <laughs> and it was the funniest damn thing was that he couldn't see. <laughs> so he had to turn his wipers on. There was so much dust flying from us hitting his car with uh with dirt balls and stuff. He turned his he windshield wipers on so that he could see. Hell he never did catch us. And we never did tell anybody that it was us. Wow. Oh man, that was that was a night that, that we we wasted thirty-three dozen eggs and then ended up throwing dirt clogs at the well, cops and how were, guys, how were you guys carrying 33 dozen eggs? I mean, you know, you when you got about eight or nine people, you got yeah. a couple dozen eggs in each arm. Okay, so you were walking. You were walking. Oh, yeah. We weren't driving. Okay. <laughs> you drive, you get caught. <laughs> See, you, would, you wouldn't know anything about that. No. Yeah, that's, so you, that's, yeah. If you were driving, you would get caught. But if you were walking, and you know the neighborhoods, right, right, and the, the car, the cops can't drive their cars underneath clotheslines and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew we knew the neighborhoods uh, like the back of our hands. So we would just outrun the cops through the neighborhoods, and so wow. they would they never did catch us. They wow. never, they never knew who, who was throwing never, all the eggs. But there was somebody. There were people throwing eggs, and that was be us. Right. Never knew. Nobody uh, knew till now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's forty five years 40, after forty five years ago or something like that. <laughs> so, Mark Funkhauser, if you're out there, yes, that was us. Uh, I admit that I was part of the part of the group that did that. And uh, yeah, we we came out of it with thirty three dozen eggs, and we had we had one hell of a night. <laughs> but that you know that that was at the time you know trick or treat was was fun. Um, you know, it was a fun night to go out and get candy, like you say, cause mischief. You know, you didn't mean any harm, cause mischief, that kind of thing. But what what disheartens me now is what Halloween has become. And it's primarily changed because one, adults have gotten involved into it. This is my opinion. Yeah. Adults have tried to turn Halloween into something that's bad. And uh, you've got everybody now, for the most part, it seems like, you know, Halloween is bad. It's evil. And it's all this crap, man. And, uh, you know, our parents let us, let us, you know, trick or treat. Like I said, we dressed up. We wore monster masks and all kind of stuff. I think if, if Halloween was evil, I think my mom would have said something about it then. And I wouldn't have been trick or treating. I'm sure your mom would have said the same thing. Sure. If sure. Halloween was that bad, we wouldn't be out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But. The whole time during our childhood where we were allowed to do that, I never heard any of either one of my parents say, you know, you guys should be out there. It's bad. It's evil. Blah, blah, blah. But adults have gotten involved and they've turned Halloween into something that, for the most part, it's it's not fun as it used to be. Uh, you know, and um, another irritant for me and when it comes to Halloween is the church's stance on Halloween. Right. The church, you know, they're like, well, yeah, it's bad. It's it's evil. <clears throat> and my view is if it's evil and it's as bad as you believe it is, then why do you observe it? Why do you have things at your church on Halloween night if it's so bad? You can say whatever you want. You're dressing up as 
biblical characters and whatnot, but you know what? You're still trick-or-treating, okay? <laughs> yeah. That's my view on it. You're still oh, yeah. So if you as the church are so against Halloween, you know what? Don't observe it. Don't do anything on that night. It's just a regular night. But now you've got on the bandwagon and you feel you have to provide an alternative. You know what? It's still trick-or-treat. I don't care how you call it. It's trick-or-treat. Right, right, right. And, and, and you know, Times have changed, you know, when we were growing up, you know, there weren't people thinking about snatching kids and stuff oh. like that, you know, because we roamed all over E-Town. Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, parents today, kids are so coddled that they're afraid to let kids be kids. Yeah. You know, and uh, for us, you know, even with our own kids, we, we took them to up and down the street and so on. But after they probably were nine years old or something like that, we say, Hey, you know, here are your limitations. Don't go too far here. Right. But other than that, you know, yeah. you just let them go. But that was, I mean, sort of what, how we grew up is how we kind of right. passed on some of those things to our kids. Right. Right. You know, so we're not so paranoid that we would have to take them over to the mall if it rained or something like that, it was a downpour. It was just super cold right. to get kids out. Then no. I think Lynn would take the kids over to the mall and they would trick yeah. or treat and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, if it rained when we were coming up, it rained. We were still out there. If it was right. cold, right. hell, we would put on extra gloves and hats, <laughs> you know. You know, we'd have a toboggan over the top of our mask to keep that's our right. ears warm and stuff. Right. So, you know, and that's part of society today that, you know, we as humans, we as Americans, we don't, you know, have a lot of faith and trust in in uh, our fellow fellow Americans, human beings, yeah. that there's somebody that's out there that's going to bring harm onto kids today. Right, right. And that's a reality. I mean, there there are bad people out there. <clears throat> there are bad people out there doing bad things. And they do it on that night and it brings it brings attention, you know, because they're seeking attention. But uh for the most part, I think Halloween it, it's harmless, it's fun, you know, it's one it's again, like we were we kids, it's one night a year where you can gorge yourself on junk. And, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and have a good time with it, man. And uh, we, we've we've turned it into something now that um, it doesn't look a lot like what we experienced as kids. Right. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. My daughter, you know, same as yours. Yeah, we took her out, you know, when she was younger. But as she got to the point where same thing. Hey, this is where you can go with your pals, your friends. You guys go here. Boom, boom, boom. And that's it. And, you know, she'd come home. We course you have to check the candy because you know <laughs> putting razor blades and all kind of crap in in kids candy so you had to check the candy but for the most part we tried to give her that that trick-or-treat experience that we had we tried to pass that on so i'm not sure if her kids will get that because the world has truly changed and there are a lot of warped people out there who uh who for whatever reason now they want to harm kids and and do things to strip kids from their childhood and you know just torment and uh you know ruin life at a at a very 
uh, fragile time when you're a kid. There are certain things that uh, you want to cling to or you hope you can cling to, like we're talking about. We, we've we got memories that we can cling to. A trick-or-treat is one of those that we'll probably cling to until we leave the planet. So. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. And, you know, the, the, uh, another thing that happened when we were very young, before we kind of wandered off on our own, is that some of the older kids would come and snatch the bags of candy from the young kids, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, when we uh, got to that age, that's one thing that we did not do. At least I never did that. I never went and took some little kid's candy bag from him. That would be, <laughs> right. that would be just heartless, you know. Right. Right. I, I, I could be a pain in the butt sometimes, but I would never go and take a kid's bag of candy from him. Right. Like right. what what happened with us. Now, we knew the people that were snatching candy from people. Right. And as soon as we saw them, man, we took off running. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. here comes here comes so and so. I'm not right. gonna mention any names. Right. But here comes so and so and we would take off running, screaming yeah. like hell because we knew that <laughs> they were gonna take the kids' bags of candy. Yeah. But as yeah. we got older we never did that, you know. Yeah. So that was something that was uh, uh, a a positive thing that we, we yeah. didn't do that. Yeah, I remember too, man. One one of the things, you know, uh, was before you got to trick or treat that night, you had the Halloween party at school. You yeah. know, you had the Halloween party at school, man. And at Valley View, man, I remember a lot of those good Halloween parties. Uh, a lot of parents, man, they would bring, you know, the the orange cupcakes that look like a pumpkin and and apple bobbin and all kind of cookies and stuff like that. So you were already setting yourself up to gorge out on junk before. Yeah. You- we went out that night, but it was all good, man. And uh, I did that. Those were th- memories that uh, you can cling to. And again, we've tried to pass those traditions on to our kids. And, and I hope maybe the pendulum will swing back and uh, it'll be a, a, a holiday where kids can, you know, truly benefit from just having fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. And don't have to worry about, you know, somebody trying to victimize them or, or take away their childhood. Uh, so, we do, you, do you do you remember the state theater having Halloween um, uh, activities on Saturdays of the, of Halloween? I I remember man maybe showing some movies. They would know? have movies and they so on. Movies. They would have scary movies. They would always show you know Dracula yeah. and Frankenstein and so yeah. on. Yeah. <clears throat> but they would also they would also have like the apple bobbing things and yeah. they have pie eating contests. You know yeah. they would take some orange stuff and put in there uh they would take like spaghetti blindfold you and have you to put your hands in 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 um water and and it's all wet and kind of felt like wet guts and stuff like that and they would try to scare you a little bit like that but uh but yeah that they did that every now and then at the uh, state theater yeah, I remember one year at the State Theater, and I was a little older then, but I remember they had the uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh yeah, State Theater. I remember that one year, and that was you know, that was scary as hell, man, because it was pitch dark in there, and you know they had all the you know what's going on. If you've never done the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it was really cool, but it, it actually scared you, man, because you couldn't see anything. Right. And uh, they somebody man said, yeah, they they let snakes loose in the theater. So everybody was panicking and whatnot. Uh, but that I remember that. And uh, what was something else I remember uh, activities? Uh, I remember a couple of haunted houses in E-Town. 
uh, I can't remember where they were, but I remember a couple of haunted houses uh, that we went through. And it might have been one downtown. I can't remember. But I remember a couple of haunted houses uh, back from back in the day. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot, lot of fun activities beyond just going out. Uh, in your respective neighborhoods getting candy. A lot of fun activities. But again, different era, man, different time. Uh, some of the stuff uh, I don't know if you could do now because you, you've got to be wary of people. you got to right. be wary of people. Right. Huh? Hey, uh, Wayne, what do, you, what do you think about the Halloween movies, the Halloween saga, uh, you know, with Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. and, um, you know, Friday the 13th? Uh, Freddy Krueger's those type things they usually come out during, yeah. during the holiday season. What do you yeah. think about those? I, I, you know, I think it's time to put those to rest, man. I'm, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, the first couple of Halloweens I was I was into Freddy Krueger, the first Freddy, maybe the second Freddy was good. Friday the Thirteenth, same thing. First, first couple, you know, okay, wow, this is cool. But now it's getting ridiculous, man. And at some point, you got to move on. Yeah. You got to move on, man, and uh, you know, come up with something new. But they they're they're milking this for all it's worth, and uh, I I'm just like, you know what? It's time to shut the franchise down. It was sort of like with Rocky, man. Rocky six, it's like you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, Rocky four was it? That was it, okay? Yeah, Rocky yeah. Four was was it? But you made five and six, and now they've coming out with another Rambo movie, and it's like. Come on, man. At some point, you can't milk it for any more. And that's how I feel about the, you know, the Friday the 13th and the Halloweens and the the the, the Freddies and all. Enough's enough, man. You come yeah, up after, with new. After the sequel, it plays out. Yeah. You know, after the sequel, the first one was cool. The second one was cool, you know. Yeah. And, um but after that, the third one, that's that normally the third one is always bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, other than Rocky, but the Rocky three was my favorite. So. Rocky three, and I, I, my, my favorite of the Rocky, you know, we're getting a little away from Halloween, but since you mentioned Rocky, my favorite Rocky was probably Rocky four. Rocky yeah. four out of the franchise, Rocky four. I like one and four. Uh, were the were the really good ones for me, but uh, you know we've got creative people here, man, that could come up with a different, you know, create a new Halloween tradition, create another scary type movie that you can sure. build a franchise on, you know. Yeah. I, but for whatever reason, we're milking this to death, man. <laughs> and um, you know, since we're talking about scary movies from the black perspective. The the one um, scary movie and uh, the one that comes to mind is Blackula. <laughs> yeah, Blackula. That, that, you know, we we went to the state theater and saw Blackula. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't remember another black horror film. Do you? I don't remember another black horror film. Uh, Blackula was probably the the top one. They had some some um, black films that were people that were possessed and so on yeah, yeah. Uh, but there wasn't a horror movie that I can think right. of the only the only other ones that I could think there's two other ones that I could think of that were kind of scary but there were people that were possessed and one was Ruby okay and uh, which was a, 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 a black lady that was possessed huh. and then there was uh, a movie called JD's Revenge yeah, JD's Revenge. <laughs> JD's 
his revenge. You remember JD's revenge? revenge? Yeah, with Glenn Thurman. Yes. JD's revenge. Absolutely. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, <laughs> wow. that was a good you one. Pull, you pulled that one out of the archives. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one that you always remember. As, as a matter of fact, when I first saw JD's revenge, I was stationed in Italy. Okay. And they would send movies over to the station like every two or three weeks, you know, and so on. You get maybe nine or ten movies and we would sit and watch, you know, um, you know, sixteen millimeter projectors and so on. And JD's Revenge was one of those movies. And I'm like, I never heard of JD's Revenge. So then they put it on and I saw Oh, this this guy's crazy. This guy's yeah. cool, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, he was man. doing some wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. JD Revenge, man, wow! Oh, As they yep. say, you pull one out of the archives, there, man. <laughs> oh yeah, back, you know. Yeah, but uh, very timely, man. Since uh, Halloween is upon us, we got a couple of weeks to go. And uh, the kitties will be out. I think we're going to pass out candy this year. I, I'm like you, man. I, I, I'm like, I don't like to do it. Uh, but Cynthia said we're going to do it this year. So I think I'm going to make me a little soundtrack and set out my yard, man, and, and play all the Halloween theme music while the kids come up and get candy. So I think there's, a, there's a couple, of, uh, probably four or five years ago, I uh, – took and uh put on alex had a flight suit okay <laughs> and i put on alex's flight suit and i got a i found a um uh friday the 13th mask yeah and i have a garrison cap that i that i still have from my coast guard days and i sat right there by the step as kids came up and i had a a, a pumpkin full of candy and I wore sunglasses where they couldn't see my eyes, and I sat there, and kids would come up, and then I wouldn't really, little kids, I would not scare. Right. But the uh, older kids, you know, who's over the age of 13, I try to scare the hell out of them, because <laughs> yeah, I'd sit there, and I'd have a, a, a pose when they'd come up, and I wouldn't move. You know, and sometimes Lynn wouldn't come to the door and I would just sit there and they would reach in to that pumpkin and grab the candy like I was a dummy. You know, because right. I, I put some like some straw at the right. end of the um, flight suit and so on. And so I sat there and then they would come up and little kids would come up and like, don't scare me. Don't scare me. Who? He's going to scare me. <laughs> he's going to scare me. Oh, no, he's just a dummy. He's not. He's not real. And so the little kids. The little kids, I wouldn't do anything to them. They'd take the candy and go. But the big kids, I would scare the hell out of them because <laughs> I would move, or right. I would move, I would move a finger, and they would walk up, not move just a finger, and then they would like, but like, did his finger just move? Well. <laughs> or I tilt my head just a little bit, you know, and they were like. Oh no! <laughs> they would go screaming, screaming hell away from there, thinking that I was going to scare them. A couple of times I scared them, but you know it was it was a lot of fun. That was yeah. the most animated I've ever been in wow. giving out candy. Because <laughs> yeah. most of the time it's like I really don't like doing it. Yeah. yeah. But you know, when eight o'clock, you know, in Indianapolis, it starts at five thirty, and it's over at eight. Yeah, about the same here. 
yeah, eight o'clock rolls around. I'm shutting the lights off and I'm closing the door. You know, I'm I'm through. That's it. Shutting yeah. her down, man. Shutting her down. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I got a question for you. So yes, what's sir. your favorite Hall- Halloween song, man? What's your, what's your favorite song? If you have a favorite song. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have one. I guess the theme from Halloween is okay, okay. is uh, my favorite Halloween song. Oh, uh, I guess the Monster Mask growing up. Yeah, we uh, listen to Monster Mash. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, uh, yeah, I think that was about it. Monster Mash and then the theme Monster for Halloween is, is yeah. probably my favorite. I didn't really get into a lot of the, the music back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I did many what Halloween What about you? Oh, gosh, man, I did so many Halloween parties, you know, Air Force, you know, at the NCO Club and stuff like that. But there's yeah. called Monster Mash is always a favorite, one of my favorites. But I like this song, man, by a group called Oingo Boingo, and it's called Dead Man's Party. I mean, if you ever watched Back oh. to School. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that. Dead yeah. Man's Party. Yeah, absolutely. Dead Man's Party, man. I love that song, man. I love that song. So that's one of my favorites. Uh, that monster mash, and of course, uh, uh, I always feel like uh, somebody's watching me. My Rockwell, yep, yep. is a good one. Um, and Thriller, of course. Thriller. Oh, we ain't be without Thriller. Yeah, what would it be without Thriller? You without know, Mike, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, I forgot about Thriller. Yeah, I can't forget about Thriller, man. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta have Thriller somewhere on the playlist. So yes, sir. But hey, uh, a little bit past the top of the hour. I think it's been a great discussion tonight uh, yeah. about all the other, you know, the the social stuff we talked about. But Halloween uh, is a is a good holiday. We had some good memories that we tossed out from our respective areas across the tracks there in E Town. So I think it was lively. It was it was fun, and looking forward to see what Halloween 2019 brings this year. Yes, sir. It's, it was great. It was great. I enjoy talking about it. There's there's lots of other great memories that we have, some that I will not share. Yep, yep. But, uh, yeah, it, it was good growing up in small-town America, and it's like that everywhere, of course. Oh, absolutely. You know, pe- people that are listening to our podcast, they they can be able to reminisce uh, back to when they were coming up and see how it was uh, and relate to kind of things that we were doing. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that is just as, if not more mischievous than I was oh, uh, going up in E-Town. So <laughs> I'm not going to mention any of my partners in crime, but you know every one of them. Oh, yeah. And the most of them been, graduated with us. Yeah. The names <laughs> have been omitted to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Mark Funkhauser, our bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 45 years later, we have a confession. So, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was all good fun back in the day, all back good. in the day. That's for it's sure. Good. It is all good. All right, man. Well, I tell you, uh, we may have a, uh, the next uh, uh, time that we get together, we may have a special little uh, treat for, for folks. Uh, uh, we'll see if we can come up with something that's a little bit more creative, and we'll uh, see if we can work things out to where we can um, actually be broadcasting in the same in our in the presence of one another, as opposed to being halfway across the uh, country. So we're gonna be we're gonna be out visiting the your area, 
Okay. And we may take a little time to come down and drop in and visit with you guys. And maybe we can um, come up with a topic that we can um, do together while we're yeah. in the same room. How's that? Sounds like a plan, man. I'm open. Yes, sir. I'm open. I'm open. So we'll see if we can get it together. Yes, sir. We'll do that. Well, all right. Well, that's going to put an end to this week's podcast. I've hoped there's something that uh, we've been able to uh, jog your memory about Halloween and uh, other things that's going on. Uh, it's been a, it's been a uh, tantalizing, uh, great little uh, reminiscing tonight. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to continue to have fun, uh, move our uh, podcast forward and come up with topics that we feel uh, that can enlighten and, and um, give you some of our small town um, uh, way of life and attitudes and how things were raised in uh, good old E-Town. That's it, man. Sounds like a plan. I love it. Yes, sir. So uh, I'm Steve and I'm signing off. And I'm Wayne. I'm out, too. This has been Across the Tracks. Across the Tracks.